there, welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do, that we do. And it is our 4th of July episode. Yay! Yay. Shoot the fireworks. Even though it's not 4th of July, technically. (laughs) It's close enough. Close enough. Today, Scott introduced me to a movie that made us feel very America. America, We watched Miracle. Released in 2004. Miracle has been a big movie in my life. I've watched it multiple times. It's a big movie for America because of the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team beating the Soviet Union. It was a huge event in sports history. And I know I have an uphill battle because Frankie is not a sports movie person. That's true. However, I I didn't not like this movie, but I didn't love it. <laughs> I liked it. It was fine. It's a harmless film. The problem for me was that it was incredibly tropey. I was kind of bored for a good chunk of it. And then when we got towards the middle to the end I was more entertained but still recognizing the schmaltiness of it because you know it's a Disney movie so what are you gonna do Uh, okay I understand that there are tropes but usually a lot of sports movies and a lot of real stories tend to have these tropes right and look I acknowledge and appreciate the fact that this movie is very America you know especially at the end when the U.S. hockey team is playing against the Soviet team and they're kicking their ass I I felt the America I felt it I felt the schmaltz but for the majority of the film the schmaltz was just so schmaltzy that I felt I was drowning in a sea of schmaltz I mean This really is Kurt Russell's movie. Kurt Russell plays the main character, Herb Brooks, who is based on a a real gentleman who we will talk about. But he makes the movie as entertaining as it is. Yeah, Kurt Russell does a great job portraying a larger-than-life human being. That's the hardest thing to do in any movie that's about real life, is you have to kind of portray a person that usually has done something amazing that you now have to give truth to. Right, and Kurt Russell is one of those actors that always delivers, uh, no matter what he's in. Just to give context, this movie, Miracle, was done the year before he did Sky High, which, have you seen Sky High? Yes, I have oh, seen thank Sky God. High. Thank God. <laughs> I love Sky High. <laughs> that's schmal- That's a schmaltzy Disney movie too, but it's more kiddie, so you can get away with it, I guess, more, at least for me. But he did a great job in this, despite the accent. The accent was pretty rough. He, he he went in and out throughout the whole movie. <laughs> he had like a Wisconsin accent, I think, or Midwestern, I'll say. And it, it, Herb's from Minnesota. Yeah, it was in and out. It's funny because during my research, I noticed that um, this movie wasn't nominated for any prestigious awards or anything, but it was nominated for a Stinker's Bad Movie Award for Worst Fake Accent. <laughs> Kurt Russell, and he lost to Richard Roxburgh in Van Helsing, yeah. which I've never seen. I know you have. I thought you'd find that funny. Yeah, that was a bad accent. As much as Van... Okay. 
sidetrack. Sidebar on Van Helsing. Oh no, I've never seen that. Am I gonna have to watch that? Maybe one day. Is that with Hugh Jackman? Yes, that's with Hugh Jackman. Okay, that's not the worst thing. But I've heard it's not great. No, but it's one of those movies that you shut your brain off, you sit down, and you have a good time with it. Mm. It's a- I don't trust you when you say that, though, because you've said that about a lot of things that are just beyond redeemable. That's not true. I say that about when it is a dumb, fun movie, it is a dumb, fun movie. But back to Miracle. Yes. Miracle is, for its all its faults... And all its weird non-characters, except for Herb Brooks. Well, him and Jim Craig. Because I think that's the the goalie. Oh, the goalie! Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the two main characters of this movie, I would say. And like, also, there are a lot of movies that are based on true stories that take more liberties just for entertainment's sake. But I, I don't think the producers of this movie as well as Herb Brooks, who was a consultant on the film. I think they were more about just making it as realistic as possible, really focusing on the the love of the game, which is a good thing. If Listen, this movie's not made for me. So the fact that I'm not like a huge fan of it isn't really a big deal. This movie's made for someone like Scott, who loves sports. Well, I honestly, I actually think, I, I know you, you talked about the schmaltz, but Herb Brooks is not a hugely likable guy. That's true. He's very intense. Yes. When I was doing research, they did say when the actual real life team members were asked if the movie was accurate, they did say it's pretty much accurate. They said that their only complaint actually was that they made her more friendly than he actually was in real life. And in the movie, he has friendly moments they go to a Christmas party and it's cute. But like, for the most part, he's pretty fucking brutal with them. Well, if, even if you look at all sports, some of the greatest coaches of all time tend to be a little bit prickly. Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, Greg Popovich, all these guys are prickly guys. <laughs> yeah, and like, they make a point to focus in on like the psychology of that in this movie, which I liked. When Herb would go and give the players shit, they would play it off like in the moment. He's really upset and pissed off, but really he would just leave the room as soon as he's out with them. Cool as a cucumber is like, all right, I got I got the job done. Well, yeah, the whole idea of knowing what to do to push somebody's buttons is a great thing because so many people are so different. So you have to know how to push just the right buttons. And I think Herb Brooks, especially in this movie, knew how to do that. So just to give a quick background on Herb Brooks, you'll go on all day, Scott. So I just want to give a quick Wikipedia (laughs) synopsis of the man. He's a hockey player turned coach that led the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team to victory over the Soviets, which is what this movie is about. He... Between 1960 and 1970, played on eight, count them, eight U.S. national and Olympic teams, including the 1964 and 68 Olympic teams. And since then, he coached several NHL teams, and he was in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. Fun fact, on the 25th anniversary of the 1980 victory that was in this movie, they named that arena after Herb Brooks, which I thought was cute. Yes. But yeah, he's he's a, a legendary fella. Unfortunately, not long before this movie came out, he passed away and never got to actually see the film. And of course, the, the it was dedicated to his memory. 
they had a cute little dedication at the end of the movie after the end credits like it was something along the lines of he never got to see the movie but he didn't have to because he lived it yes which i thought was really it was cool it is it is a great little quote her brooks is a legend in the sports world the other thing i actually do want to bring up real quick is at this time to uh be on the Olympic team, you could not be a professional being paid to play hockey. So NHL All-Stars could not be on the Olympic team. Only college athletes could. The Soviet Union got around that because the Soviet players were part of the army. So they were being paid to be part of the army, but they were basically playing hockey all the time and not being really part of the army. Interesting. You got all the fun facts this episode. So this movie was directed and co-produced by Gavin O'Connor. The most recent movie he directed was The Way Back, the basketball movie with Ben Affleck that came out recently. He also did Warrior, which is... Another sporty sport movie. Well, yeah, it's got a little kind of schmaltzy dramaticness. He's got a shtick. Yeah, he's got a shtick. And even more interestingly, this movie was written by a gentleman named Eric Guggenheim. And Miracle is his only feature film that he has ever written. He's written for a lot of TV. Most recently, he is a writer on the new Hawaii Five-0 and Magnum P.I. TV series. Because that's what everyone wants. Another Hawaii Five-0, another Magnum P.I. Perhaps we'll get another Chippendale Rescue Rangers with both uh, taking after the rebooted Magnum P.I., and Hawaii Five O, and then we can have a full circle of rebootness. <laughs> Book them, Dano. Oh my God. Anyway, in honor of America's birthday, we're going to talk about this America film. Oh yeah. Scotty, are you ready to get into the nitty and the gritty? Yes, I am ready to get into the nitty and the gritty. We start with what's going on in the world at the time. And the U.S. of A. is not in a great place. Yeah. Throughout the entire movie, they make several connections to what's going on within the American hockey team and with what's going on in the world. Like, America is in disarray. You know, why can't we all just get along? You well, know, that kind of thing. Well, we had Watergate. We've had we had a gas shortage. We yeah. Had... America needs a win because we need something to believe in. You know, some like stuff like that. Yes. And we get introduced to Herb Brooks, who is pitching to the U.S. national team why he should be the next head coach of the Olympic men's hockey team. He believes they need to change their ways to be more like the Soviets with how they train for an extended period of time. And it kind of doesn't go over well because they're like, we don't have the money for that. And Herb's like, well, okay. Then he leaves. One thing I noticed right off the bat in this scene is that there are a lot of seasoned character actors in this movie. Oh, tons of them. Oh, and also, it's it's supposed to be 1979 right now, so there's lots of 70s mop hair. Oh, yeah. And lots and lots of mustaches. I dug the 70s mustaches in this movie. We're going to talk about it when we get to one particular character, but 
my god the mustaches the hair it's it's so much (laughs) it's everywhere as we said kurt russell plays her brooks he doesn't think he got the job he goes home we meet we meet his wife patty who is played by patricia clarkson did you recognize her no i didn't she's tammy one from parks and rec oh shit okay sit up straight you're not doing your breasts any favors thank you she does the good job being the doting wife that's kind of one of the many 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 tropes in this movie that i picked up on just you know you have the gruff coach that's just trying to get this team of nunnicks together and then you have the wife who's like you're getting obsessed but i still love you and i'm gonna be here for you that whole chestnut it's in every fucking sports movie that i've seen and granted i haven't seen them all but i've seen enough yeah okay but i think she does a good job here she does a good job there's nothing special about her character it's like literally just a cardboard cutout of wife character (laughs) so herb finds out he is given the job of coach for the u.s men's national team and we automatically get a tryout montage Because he immediately goes to Colorado to start trying out people for the national team. Yes, and I noticed, too, another kind of... I mean, the the tryout montage itself is, I guess, a trope. But you can't really have a sports movie like this without that. So I'm not mad at that. But he said kind of this tropey type line where he's like... His assistant coach, who we're going to introduce in a second, says like, Oh, well... I thought we were looking for the best players out here, Herb. And Herb just goes, I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right players. And I'm like, oh, my God. Can we stop with the... Like, let's put it this way. If I had to take a shot for every cheesy, corny, or tropey line that was said in this movie, I would be deceased. I would be dead. I would be in the ground. From alcohol poisoning. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we get to meet Herb Brooks, his assistant coach here. Craig Patrick, who's played by Noah Emmerich, who is another character actor that you've seen in like a million things. Like you see his face and you're like, oh, that guy. Where Herb is the prickly pear of a man, he is supposed to be the lovable teddy bear. Well, I guess comparatively, yeah. <laughs> Herb tells him, He's already picked out his 26 names. Fuck the board. He knows who he wants, and they can all screw themselves, basically. During the montage, we meet the three characters who are kind of the only ones who you really matter. Oh, my God. The fact that you even say that is generous, dear. Let me just, before Scott gives you the sanitized, bright-eyed, rose-colored glasses version of this part of the movie... Let me just tell you, we meet these players, right? And Mighty Ducks, it is not, okay? Mighty Ducks, and I know it's a stupid comparison because Mighty Ducks is like a kid's movie, but it's a fucking fair comparison because Mighty Ducks is cool and I fucking watched it as a kid and I loved it. So I'm going to make the comparison. Mighty Ducks, the characters, the kids, they all had distinct personalities. They all looked different. You could tell them apart, Okay, in this movie, and I get it, it's not about the players, not primarily anyway, but they're all just generic white guy with dark floppy hair. 
one or two of them have blonde hair and it's like a fucking travesty to the eyes i'm like oh shit and then there's one with a fucking 70s ass mustache like it looked like old pictures of my dad from the fucking 80s like that's how you could tell that he was in character okay and he was one of my favorites however aside from one of the players all of them look the same, sound the same, act the same. I don't know who they are. I couldn't remember any of their names. Now let's have Scott tell you why everything I said is wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not going to say you're wrong. There's only three characters that even get a little kind of focus other than Herb Brooks. And one is the goalie, Jim Craig, played by Eddie Cahill. Michael Rizzioni, who is the captain of the hockey team. He's got a couple little moments. He's played by Patrick O'Brien Dempsey. And then Jack O'Callaghan, who goes by OC, who is the blonde one, as Frankie... Well, one of the blonde ones. One of the blonde ones is Mustache, who I called... I don't remember his name. I think it was Ralph, because that's a fucking 70s-ass name, too. Have you ever met a person in 2020 named Ralph? I'll wait. I'll wait if you have. Please let me know. Okay. So we had Ralph Mustache, who was a keeper because of his golden mustache. And then we had OC, who was terrible. Like, they're all bad actors. Let's put that out there right now. They're all bad actors. But to be fair to them, they weren't picked for their acting skills. They were picked for their hockey skills. So I can't fault them for their shitty acting. (laughs) But OC in particular is really bad, which I find hilarious that he was one of like the quote unquote main players because he's awful but the the goalie guy who's really like the only player that we get any kind of real personality or backstory from he's actually okay i liked him he was cool but other than that everyone was pretty shit-tastic as far as acting however they're fucking awesome hockey players and i being the uncoordinated dummy that i am would never be able to do half of what they can do on the ice so i applaud them for their skill Yeah, it it is really impressive what they do. But yeah, Jim Craig, who's our goalie, who I'm probably just going to call goalie for the majority of the movie because I'm not going to remember his name in five minutes. He is like the Charlie Conway of this movie, i.e. the Joshua Jackson, i.e. the main player that we connect with on the team. Yes. So we learn that there's a great rivalry between like Minnesota and Wisconsin Boston University, all these schools have kind of like a rivalry and they used to play a great deal in what hockey likes to call the Frozen Four. It's a whole big thing. So a lot of these guys are rivals. And OC gets mad because one of the guys who was on the Boston team hurt him during the college season and took away his chance at the national championship. And OC wants revenge during one of the first practices the U.S. men's national team has. Yeah, during the practice, the two of them start this brawl. A few of the guys go in to try and break it up, and Herb stops his assistant coach and is like, nope, let him go. Fucking let him fight. They're fucking, they're trying out for the fucking Olympic team, motherfucker, and you're going to fucking fight over some bullshit? Like, what are you doing? I liked that part, because I was like, yeah, I'm with you, Herb. Let him fucking fight, idiots. (laughs) This is where Herb starts with the, who are you, where are you from, and who do you play for? I kind of like this part, but I knew where it was going. Because every time 
Herb asks one of the players, who are you? Who do you play for? They say like their college that they're from. And I was like, oh, but they're trying out for the Olympics. So they're playing for U.S. So it's going to end up with them being like, USA, USA. And I'm like, okay, I get what you're I get. I get where you're going, Miracle. I see you. Herb has a lot of odd methods. He makes them take a personality test. Like, okay, they kind of touched on the purpose of that a little bit, kind of. They alluded to it, but what is the actual purpose of that? (laughs) Herb's whole deal is to see who he has to push and why he has to push them. Okay, I get you. So if they take the test, it's just another way for him to analyze the players because he's right. he's still got at this point he's got to cut six players he's got to get the team down to 20 he has 26 guys so that's just another way of pushing his guys and he also starts every time his players kind of fuck up he makes them do wind sprints now wind sprints are the worst thing it looks like torturous <laughs> oh it is terrible it is literally the worst thing as an ex high school football player I hated doing them because <laughs> we would go start from the end zone. You go 10 yards back, 20 yards back. Dude, I wouldn't even fucking run the mile in school, so I can't imagine how that was. And now imagine doing that with football equipment, too. Yeah. Ugh, God. Now, everybody takes the test except Jim Craig, the goalie. Mm-hmm. He tells Herb, like, I don't understand why. Like, what's the point of this? And Herb goes, OK, and walks away like. You took the test. And Jim's like, what the fuck was that shit? And they, they have this whole big conversation where we find out that Jim's mother recently passed. And his dad is like a former player that has been having a really rough time with everything. And yeah. he lost his job and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So he's the one that you get the, the most rounded story on. So you obviously care about him the most. But uh, even his character, it's not really developed at all we kind of just hear about stuff that's happened to him in his past we don't really hang out with him and get to know him as a person but again it's really herb brooks's story so it is what it is jim does have a contract offer with the atlanta hockey team which i think at the time was the atlanta thrashers i could be completely wrong there my 1980s hockey nhl is a little rusty but Jim's mother's last wish was for him to play for the U.S. men's national team. And that's why he's here. So they have a kind of thing where Herb pushes him and he's like, okay, we'll see what goes on. We cut back to Herb watching a lot of tape. And as Frankie said, the doting wife comes in and goes, you're too obsessed with this. It's summer vacation. The kids need to go places. Da, da, da. You need to be a member of this family. You can't just be obsessed with the game all the time. And then, of course, they, you know, they separate like, oh, fine. You know, they they argue and they go in their separate rooms and then they stew in their juices. And then her Brooks sulks back into the room and it's like, honey, I have to do this. (laughs) And then the wife, of course, goes, I know you do. Like, I could write it my fucking self. And I, again, am not a big sports movie gal. And I could literally just shit this out in an afternoon. No offense to Eric Guggenheim, but, like, it's pretty obvious that you mainly write for TV, sir. Oh, God. For procedural dramas. This fucking script is procedural as fuck. (laughs) 
But yes, this is where, if you don't know Herb Brooks' backstory, this is where we first find out that Herb Brooks has been on the U.S. men's national team. Herb Brooks is looking at a picture of himself on the Olympic hockey team. And I said to Scott, I'm like, oh, I get it. So he was on the Olympic team and he wants to go back to his former glory. Da, 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 da. Okay, same old song. And he's like, no, 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 not exactly. And I'm like, what do you mean? Da, da, da. And he's like, you'll find out. <laughs> we'll get there. So I was like, okay. <laughs> yes, we go to one of the first exhibition games with the U.S., which is the U.S. versus the Norway national team. Okay, so let me just give you a little peek into how I was feeling at this point. I was marginally entertained. Like, I was, you know, I was hanging in there by this point. But for all the reasons that I previously explained, I was kind of on the fence. I was in and out. I was feeling the schmaltz. Not fully drowning yet, but I was wading in the water, okay? But then, at this point with the Norway game and what happens after the Norway game was, I think, the best scene in the movie. So, Scott, tell us what happens at the Norway game. So, during the game, Herb is on the bench with his team, and the people on the bench are pointing at some of the hot girls in the audience going, hey, man, I got a date with that blonde over there. Yo, <laughs> she's fucking sexy. And Herb's this like... This is a Disney movie. They didn't say fuck. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, and Herb is hearing all this and like hearing that they're not giving a shit. Really. Oh, and he's stewing. You can just see it. It's like, what the fuck? Oh, Kurt Russell has a great stewing face. Oh, he's got that resting bitch face going on. And you know, these guys are fucked. So the game ends in a tie. And Norway isn't a great team at this point. So Herb drags everybody out onto the ice and goes, we're doing wind sprints. You yeah, don't- they just keep going and going and doing wind sprints over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, he goes, if you don't want to work during the game, we'll work now. And they, they go at this all night. To the point where the people who run the stadium shut the lights off yeah and they still just keep going back and forth back and forth to the point where the guys are like puking and gagging cough it's just oh god both the doctor and his assistant coach are like herb man yo you, you gotta fucking stop but he he has some great lines in here yes like the one line i really loved was the name on the front of your jersey is more important than the name on the back great fucking line and then it comes back at the end of the scene but we're, we're gonna get there in a second but i want to share a fun fact this scene was actually done by the actors over a span of three days, 12 hours a day, just doing the wind sprint scenes over and over again. And according to Gavin O'Connor, he said he, he wanted the scene to be as realistic as possible. So it's fairly probable, I would say, that some, if not all, of these actors were legit gagging and choking and dying, <laughs> like wanting to fucking pull their hair out. But then... We come to a point where, like Scott said, the the team's doctor and the assistant coach, they're like, all right, we got to pack this in. Enough's enough. And Herb's like, no, I'm not done. And they're kind of arguing back and forth. And then all of a sudden, random guy. No, not random. He's random guy. No, he's going to say, Scott's going to say the player's name. And someone, I'm sure other hockey people that listen to this are going to know who it is. Normal fucking people. I don't know. It's white guy with bushy hair. Continue. Now, this guy, 
He is going to be our future captain of the U.S. national team, Michael Rizzioni. Very Italian. Rizzo. Rizzo the rat. <laughs> I'm calling him Rizzo the rat from that, now on. That is perfectly fine. He screams out, Michael Rizzioni. And, of course, Herb turns and goes, and who do you play for? I play for the United States of America. That's all, gentlemen. It was a great moment. I, you know, once that happened, because that connected to me to the to the line he said earlier in the scene was like the name on the front's more important than the name on the back. USA, USA. I was like, okay, okay, miracle. I'm here now. That was the best fucking scene so far. <laughs> it's schmaltzy for sure. Oh yeah, but. A certain amount of schmaltz is okay if it's entertaining. This was unique enough of a scene and like a cool enough moment where I forgave the schmaltz. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So now we get another kind of little montage of them training and stuff. We meet the Coneheads who are three guys who play really well together when they're on the same line. Yeah. And for some reason, they call them the Coneheads. I think because they're stupid. Yeah, pretty much. They're dumbasses, so they're the Coneheads. Are the Coneheads? Whatever. I guess there's worse names. To well, have. it's in reference to Dan Aykroyd. And right. No, I got it. But it, yeah, I don't know. Uh- <laughs> there is a great line though. At one point, while they're doing wind sprints, where Kurt Russell goes, "The legs feed the wolf," which is just a cool fucking line. I like the way it sounds. Then we cut to Herb has cut down to twenty-one players. He needs to cut one more before they go to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let me see how I can push these guys just a little more. Yeah, he likes fucking with their heads, basically. <laughs> so he brings in a player that used to play for him in college and goes, jump on this line today. And so now this new guy who hasn't been there for all this shit is now there. And he's a good player. And this causes a little friction. But the main purpose of this is we find out that Herb will do anything to win because in 1960, the last time the U.S. won before the Soviet Union reign of terror that has been happening, Herb, a week before the Olympics, was sent home and he watched his team win the gold medal. This is why he is so incessant about how this has to be done and why this is so important to him. Ah, I see, I see, I got it. <laughs> so uh, a, a couple of the players get together, they go talk to Herb, and they tell Oh yeah, they pull him aside, very uh, serious, you know. And they're like, it's not right that he's now being added to the team. Herb does the whole fake like, what do you mean? He can help us win. And Herb says to them, why shouldn't I give him a shot? He's a great player, why shouldn't I give him a chance? And one of them fucking goes, <laughs> because we're a family. And I swear to God, I thought Herb Brooks was going to turn around and be like, what the fuck are you talking about, you pussy? Like, I re- not, maybe not say pussy because this is a Disney movie, but I thought he was going to be like, this isn't about family, kid. This is about winning. I thought it was going to be that. This isn't but Fast no. and the Furious. But no, he turns around and he's like, all right, fine, I'll send the kid home. And then he turns around and says to his assistant coach, like, all right, this is good. We're, they're a real team now. And I'm like, <laughs> because not for nothing. They're a family. I don't feel the family vibes. I don't feel like we're going to go to the family barbecue together and oh, have some God, weenies. No. <laughs> I don't 
don't feel like we're hanging out, just hanging out with the family, having ourselves a party. You had to bring that back? I fucking did because this was like the height of the schmaltz. Like I couldn't take it. And it it wasn't earned. Like if it was earned, it'd be one thing. But it wasn't even earned. (laughs) I don't even know these people. And they're like, oh, we're a family. I don't care. (laughs) It's Fast and the Furious, dear. Oh my God. I don't fucking watch that either. So I don't care even more. oh god and then after that we get even more cutesy shit with the christmas party they got herb a whip and they got the assistant coach a toy whistle yeah and then after that we have like a montage of the boys all in like a field somewhere playing football because that's what guys do during the holidays they just fucking go out in their t-shirts and santa suits because the goalie was wearing a santa suit playing football okay and then (laughs) over that we have herb just driving along in his car listening on the radio to jimmy carter giving some speech about how america's losing faith and we need something to strive for so something to bring us back to our glory and it's like oh my god we're landing on a little thick here okay we get it america's political turmoil is just like the turmoil in the olympics it's so it's so clever like i get it so i understand that it's a disney movie but just because it's a disney movie doesn't mean you have to spoon feed everything to us like engorging us in the schmaltz i can't take it anymore well not only is it a disney movie though it is an early 2000s movie right exactly like a double whammy and in the early 2000s a lot of movies tended to be like hey we're just gonna fucking give you the plot right exactly so we cut to they cut mustache right before the game, Ralph Cox. Oh, I got so sad because his glorious mustache was in a frowny face and I couldn't take it. I was, and he, he handles it very gracefully. You know, he shakes Herb's hand. and But it was so sad. I was like, no, mustache. What will we do without your cozy warmth of the stash? <laughs> How will we know it's the 70s? Right before the Olympics, they have one more exhibition game. And it's an exhibition game against the Soviet Union in Madison Square Garden. And they totally shit the bed. Oh, yeah. They get their ass rung. (laughs) They get their ass rung, dear? (laughs) Are you sure it's not their bell, which is synonymous with their ass? (laughs) Ass ring, bell rung. It's it's all the same. Yes, they get their bell rung. You have they get they get their bell reamed and their ass rung. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> God damn it! I'm sorry, I'm not over mustache yet. I really didn't focus on this game very much, but I know they shit the bed. Yes, they get their ass kicked, and Herb he does come to Jim Craig and go, "Hey Jim, I'm gonna sit you down." And Jim Craig goes off and be like, "You can't sit me down." That's my net, man. You can't do that. They just scored ten goals, Jim. Right now, it's everybody's net. But what was interesting about this part is one line that he said to him about the the psych test thing. Because Jim Craig's yelling at Herb. He's like, what is this about, really? Is it because I wouldn't take your stupid test? And Herb goes back and he's like, no, I just want you to go back to being the guy who wouldn't take the test. And I was like, 
Ooh, okay. So was that the real test of like who is strong enough in their own convictions to just be like this doesn't fucking matter? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Which I I thought that was one of the few glimmers of cleverness in this movie. I was like, ooh, okay. We also find out OC hurt his knee. Oh no, poor random white guy who plays hockey. We'll have to just replace him with another random white guy but, with floppy hair that plays hockey. But we don't. He stays on the team, but he just doesn't play in the early rounds. Oh, my God. When Herb tells him, listen, I'm not going to cut you, he gives the creepiest serial killer smile. Like, it's supposed to be genuine and sweet and cutesy. But no, I felt like I was watching American Psycho. I felt endangered. I felt oh, concerned. <laughs> I, I, I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel safe. Felt like he was going to jump through the TV and slice me with one of his fucking hockey skates like fucking Happy Gilmore. <laughs> he's very excited because he's going to Lake Placid to be on the Olympic team. And we go to Lake Placid, in, which is in New York. It is not filled with giant alligators. <laughs> Oh, because there's a movie. I got it. I didn't. I. It took me a second. Have you actually seen that? Yes. That's see. That's the problem. <laughs> that's why I don't trust you when you say something's good. I, I didn't say Lake Placid was good. But I've you, seen but it. But you. But you sat down and you watched it. Well, thinking that maybe no, it would be good. Actually, correction. I didn't actually didn't have a choice on that one. Oh, did someone like Clockwork Orange you and <laughs> no blew your eyes open? My grandmother wanted to watch Lake Placid. Why? <laughs> That's even weirder. What the fuck? Why? I don't know. She wanted to watch Lake Placid. I was like, okay, sure. Was the Golden Girls on hiatus? Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you why. I don't have these answers. Okay. So your grandmother clockwork oranged you and forced you to watch Lake Placid with her is what you're saying. Did she like it? Well, yeah. That's okay. But my grandmother also... This is all making sense now. <laughs> no, this is, that's not making sense. My grandmother's also somebody who will watch the Hallmark Channel for two months straight. But Lake Placid's more sci-fi channel. Lake Placid is more like, I'm going to watch all 17 Sharknados in a row. Like, that's more... I would rather watch that than the fucking Hallmark Channel movies. I mean, I think they're on equal footing, just in different genres. One gives me Betty White. Wait, Betty White's in Lake Placid? Damn straight Betty White's in Lake Placid. Oh, so then Golden Girls was on hiatus. Okay, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So USA plays their first game in the Olympics against Sweden, the number three ranked team in the world. Oh, before we move on, I just want to mention one more thing about the, the Soviet game. There's one point where there's this close-up on Jim Craig's face, and he has his goalie mask on, and they play it with, like, the music and the the dramatic zoom-in, like, it's this really serious, like, oh, no, type moment. We've lost the game. Oh, but... It's the most unintentionally hilarious moment I've ever seen in my life because they (laughs) 
just looks insane. He's got the mask on. You can only see his eyes and like little slits and they're just the deadest eyes you've ever seen. And they're zooming in. And, like it's this like, dramatic moment. It's as if we were watching a Friday the 13th movie, but instead of being a horror movie, it was like a dramatic fucking Shakespearean reading. And they're zooming in on, on Jason's face as he's like giving a soliloquy. Like that's what it felt like. And it was the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. I just had to mention that. Please continue with this movie. <laughs> okay. So now back to the Olympic game. Their first round matchup is against Sweden. And we get one of Frankie's favorite parts because after the first period, they're again beat and one of the players is hurt. He's got a bruised knee. Doc comes to Herb and tells Herb that he's not sure if he's going to be able to play. And Herb comes in, big dick swinging, going, what are you fucking doing, you motherfucker? Like, Put your gear back on. Put it back on. But Doc said, I don't give a shit, Doc. I need hockey players, you candy ass. Oh, my God. This was another unintentionally hilarious moment that's supposed to be really dramatic, but instead was hysterical. So... He calls him a candy ass, right? And then the player, I don't even remember his fucking name. It doesn't matter. I don't care. He gets up. He's like, what'd you say to me? He's like, I called you a candy ass. I thought you were a hockey player. And the guy. You want me to play, huh? Is that what you want? I want you to be a hockey player. I am a hockey player. This is a moment that's going to go on his real motherfucker. Okay. Over the top. Like, like, I can't even describe it accurately. It just came out of nowhere. <laughs> it just went out of the clear blue sky. Oh my god. It reminded me a lot of um that scene in the room where <laughs> he has a fight with Lisa and she leaves and he just starts like, Why Lisa? Why? Why? And knocking over all the shit in the house. <laughs> but the actual cool part of the scene happens when after this little tussle Herb leaves the locker room and he whispers to his assistant coach. He's like, there, that'll rile him up. (laughs) I was like, like, yeah, you know what the fuck you're doing. In this game, they end up coming back and ending in a tie against Sweden, which is a big thing because if they had lost, they probably wouldn't have made it to the medal round. The next game, they beat the Czech Republic. They beat Norway and Romania. And the USA gets into the medal round. Everyone thinks the gold medal game was the USA versus the Soviet Union. That is not true. The first game of the medal round is the USA versus the Soviet Union. Herb has a whole big thing with his wife about, like, he's not sure if they can actually beat the Soviets. His wife goes, I probably wouldn't tell that to your players. (laughs) Uh, But then when he does talk to them... He gives them the quintessential before the big game speech. And I was hoping that there would be something unique here. I mean, it's full of tropes. There's nothing special about the dialogue. However, I will say that Kurt Russell's performance here is the only thing that makes this matter. The big quote everyone usually brings up is, if you played them 10 times, they would probably win nine of them. But not Tonight. Tonight is your night. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. This is a great speech. It's good. They're coming out onto the ice, 
Al Michaels is announcing this game. Al Michaels was announcing the game in 1980. They had him come back and uh, redo most of his lines that he said live during the broadcast. Except for one particular line, which we'll get to at the end. Yes, we will get to it. This is like the moment. Nothing else really matters except this. Al Michaels talks about how this high-priced ticket is $67.20. Oh, that was funny. (laughs) That was hysterical. I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) If only. Oh, can we talk about the fucking random Mean Joe commercial that came on in this movie? Like, what was the point of that? (laughs) If you don't know, there's this infamous old commercial with this uh this football player mean joe mean joe green and the the premise of the commercial is this little kid comes out hey mean joe you want a coca-cola or a pepsi or some other product i think it is coke and mean joe's like thanks kid and he throws him his jersey and, and the kid goes, thanks, Mean Joe. And that's the commercial. I, I think it was mainly meant to be like, oh, this is 80s, because then they cut back to the broadcast. Oh, is that why? Because I think it's we like- need to let everyone know that this happened in the past. We did not make that clear enough with the stashes. The stashes were proof enough, and the hairdos. And for like 80% of this movie... Fucking Kurt Russell is wearing a yellow plaid suit. Who the fuck would wear that past 1979? Motherfucker, we know it's the 70s, 80s. We got it. (laughs) So now we get to the game. It's long. I'm not going to lie. I I was in and out. (laughs) I'm a bad person, okay? I'm not into sports. This movie's not made for me. It was a long game. Well, it's a long, yeah, hockey is three 20-minute periods, and they cut it down to only, like, the best parts of the game. Once we got to, like, the third quarter, I was awake because I knew what was happening, and Uh, I was like, I want to be here for it. Third period. Third period. Quarter period. Well, dear, well, quarter would be broken into fours. That's why they call it quarters. Scott, Scott, I'm not a mathematician, okay? (laughs) I'm just a humble movie reviewer. And I'm trying to say that this last chunk of the movie probably should have been the most exciting. And for me, I I wasn't in it fully. And I'm sorry, okay? I Maybe I'm not as patriotic as some other motherfuckers in here. But I'm just being honest. And I was in it. Once we got to the point where we were kicking the Soviets' ass, I got excited. <laughs> yeah, so the game starts off... Early on, the Soviets are pounding Jim Craig with shots. He's saving everything left and right. But they get an early goal and take a 1-0 lead. But this is also the first game that Callahan, OC, can play again. And oh, yes, and he gives another shit-eating grin that made me feel very uncomfy. But he has a big moment where he checks the Soviet captain and knocks him on his ass, leading to a USA goal to tie the game 1-1. And also in this part, we get a lot of camera work with the audience because Herb's family is in the audience, his kids and his wife. Fucking goalie kid's dad is in the audience. Yeah, Jim Craig's dad. Screaming uh, intermittently, yeah, you go, Jimmy! So the Soviets, though, take a quick 2-1 lead, and you're like, oh, fuck, and like the energy drains again out from the audience. 
the first period's winding down, 10 seconds left, and the USA makes a push. They shock the Soviets and score right before the goal. Soviet coach is so angry. The game is tied to two. They go to the first break, and when they come back, the Soviets pull their goaltender. Now, this is a big thing because at the time, the Soviets' goaltender was known as the best goalie in the entire world. I am not going to say any of the Soviet names because I will butcher them. But uh, this guy did go on to train many of the greatest goalies throughout the NHL's history, including Patrick Waugh and Martin Brodeur. What about Goldberg? Did he did he train Goldberg? Goldberg was a wrestler. Not no, a... Goldberg was the goalie in Mighty Ducks. <laughs> did he train Goldberg? Because if he didn't, then I don't care. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Go ahead, go ahead. Keep going. God damn it. The Soviets take a cheap shot and knock Jim Craig to the floor to take a 3-2 lead in the second period. But Herb, right before the third period starts, brings his players to him. And he goes, listen to them. Listen to the fans. And you get the USA. <laughs> USA. America. Fuck yeah. And ev- America. Yeah, everybody's going crazy. Everybody's still pumped. It's 3-2. They do tie it on a power play goal. It is now 3-3. Three to three. The USA fighting. They're going real hard. Take a 4-3 lead on a Mike Rizzioni shot. And everybody's now the, the place is going crazy. Ooh. The U.S. is up for the first time in the entire game. Yeah, around this time is when I was like, okay, let me really get into this now because this is where shit's going to get real. The Soviets go on a fucking attack they are shooting a bunch of shots at the goal craig's blocking everything he's standing on his head as a hockey term goes as the time is winding down craig saves the last shot we get the last big line from al michaels which is the only line he didn't record because they were afraid he couldn't get the same emotions as he did in 1980 and it's it's a pretty epic moment i gotta say i felt i felt the feels I felt the murka. I felt it. I did. It's such a big moment. It's such a big moment that even I, despite the fact that I have been probably, Scott would say, a little too harsh on this movie up to this point, I was swept up in the schmaltz, I gotta say. I was I was sailing in the sea of schmaltz, and I was feeling the, the patriotic love. I, I felt it, and I was in it. Yeah, everybody's celebrating on the ice. They're jumping. They're all crazy. But Herb does not celebrate with his team. He goes off to the back. Yeah, I thought that was that was sweet. Because, like, he famously throughout the movie had not really shown any emotion out there except for, like, anger. <laughs> but, like, when they would score or anything, he wouldn't be, like, excited. Or he would just stay very serious. So when he got in this little private moment by himself... And was able to really let go and celebrate for a second. It was it was a cool moment to see that. And also, we saw him share a little eye contact with his wife up in the stands. And you could just tell that, let's just put it this way, someone's going to get laid tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you Olympic winning coach, you. <laughs> so, the USA goes on to the gold medal game. 
and beats Finland, but that doesn't matter because no one really cared because they had already beaten the Soviets. Then we, we cut to the medal ceremony. Yeah, and there's an ending voiceover of Schmaltz over them winning the gold medal. Yeah, Herb basically says, shortly after this, uh, they removed the college rule that players couldn't be professional to play in the Olympics. They became dream teams, but people lost the ability to really dream and really believe because this was the real dream team, the 1980 Olympic hockey team. It's just emblematic of what this whole movie has been. And, you know, I can't be mad at it for that. But it's just the cherry on top when the end credits begin and we hear the infamous song Dream On by Aerosmith. the nose but that's all right it's a good song so i forgive it (laughs) yeah it's a great song it's a great moment again it is a historic moment in not only sports but in history because we are in the middle of the cold war and it's very cold because we're on the ice that is true (laughs) ha ha i'll stop now (laughs) (laughs) oh god but yes that was miracle and I, I knew going in that Frankie wasn't going to be gung-ho about it. I mean, mind you, I liked this movie. I did. I gave it three out of five stars. It's a solid movie. You know, I, I wouldn't even be opposed to watching it again if I'm in the right mood. But I couldn't get over the tropiness of it. And just in general, sports movies aren't necessarily my cup of tea. Uh, you know, I, I do like some sports movies, but generally... They have to have some comedy in there to really get me. And while this movie did have some unintentional comedy, for sure, it wasn't exactly my cup of tea as far as like, oh my God, this is a great fucking movie. But it is a solid movie. Kurt Russell was great. So I gave it three out of five. I love this movie. I've watched it multiple times. I love the whole thing. I love the buildup. I love Kurt Russell. I, I, I forgive it for its tropes because, you know what, I love the tropes, too, because, you know what, it's a sports movie. Some tropes are okay, but if you don't have anything else to kind of back it up or set it apart, then all you can rely on is the tropes, and it gets kind of boring a little bit at times. See, I, 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 I buy into all this. I, it's a great moment in history. I have this as a 5 out of 5 because I love this fucking movie. I've watched it so many fucking times. To be fair, I have shown Scott many a musical that he is not a big fan of that I absolutely love, like Moulin Rouge or Les Mis. And I do that knowing full well that he's not as big a musical person as I am. So we both have our our strengths and our weaknesses as far as our love for cinema. And that's okay. So, yes, that was Miracle. So, next week, it is the beginning of the end of the Harry Potter franchise. That's right. We're going to be watching Deathly Hallows Part 1. And I am both scared and excited. Lots and lots of feels are going to happen. 
But until then, this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick and check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our magical Hocus Pocus movie adventure. Do you believe? Believe in miracles? No. Sing with me, sing for me.